get it. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. I'm not asking for a penny. I'm not asking for a handout. And I'm going to continue to charge on. And I'm not going to be bullied. It's not the American way. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C. Si, senor. It's a dimly lit room. You know where? Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound, which is where we like to live. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, Michael Shepard, the Apollo 11 astronauts. And why are they our general manager? It's the anniversary of the moon landing. Many years ago today. How many years? Were there 51? Can that be? Yikes. How's 1970 50 years ago? Somebody check the math. Pump that music up, man. It's an information party. Huh? Huh? Hear the trombones and the trumpets? That means information's coming your way in party form. Nice. I do hear the trombones, and they're fabulous. But up! Here we go! Oh, yeah! <laughs> wow. You know, I uh, struggle uh, this Monday, as I have the last several Mondays, if I don't, I don't know how you do this job anymore. Did we start the song over again? Yeah, right. we did. Yeah, okay. what, what happened, Michael? Did Doc Severinsen choke on a cough drop just, or something? Just, just turn it off, Michael. That's, that's probably, you no, know. Now he wants it off. F- five minutes is probably long enough of the Tonight Show thing. <laughs> turn it off! That's enough! <laughs> I struggle uh, with this Monday as I have the last several Mondays. Of, I, I don't know how you do this job now. I don't know. Wh- I don't know what you watch, read, or listen to to come up with information to talk about. I haven't got the slightest idea. It used to be pretty easy. I now no longer have any idea how to do it. It's tiresome. Tell you what. Same thing day after day. Same arguments. Same lines. And, and most of it not real. Exactly. So so what's the point? Yeah. most. I was going to go with most of it just stupid and meaningless. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of stupid and meaningless and plenty of just isn't really enough true to take time to watch, listen, or read it. Uh, so it's just, it's very frustrating. I don't, I don't, I don't know what you, I don't know what society's supposed to do. I do this for a living. I can't figure out now. I mean, I've completely abandoned the Sunday morning shows. I know you haven't watched them in years, but they used to be, they used to be watchable if you had a skill for it. There was like 10 minutes per episode that was worth seeing. You just had to fast forward to it. But now it's just, it's just all crap. All the shows are crap. Everything you read, everything you read in a newspaper is an opinion piece. Every single article is an opinion piece and not a news story. I just, I don't even know what you're supposed to do now. Let's put out a talk show quickie book. America's gone to crap. Front page New York Times, Washington Post used to be a good place to get news on a, on a, on a weekend to get ready for the program. Now they're opinion pieces. Instead of news stories, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I right. friggin' don't know what's going to happen. Right. Nobody cares about anything but the argument, but the cause, but the fight. Hey, hey, hey. Well, which we'll sides, sort through it. Which side's uh, uh, slightly up or down over what stupid argument? Yep. <laughs> it's just very frustrating. Yeah, well, these, uh, these are the times that drive men's souls, but uh, we must be courageous. 
Well, that, I'm all for that. What are you going to be courageous about? Where are, getting, where are you getting your information to decide what front on which to be courageous? Courageous. Here, there, and everywhere. It's a constant, well, it's a battle. It's a job. And, and, and uh, I completely understand what you're saying, that the average person does not have the time to do that. I have, for instance, right in my greasy mitts as we speak. Why are they greasy? The uh, yeah, why are they greasy? I don't. I don't. Were you bo- eating onion rings before the show? <laughs> I believe yeah, why, soap is the devil's uh, uh, plaything or something. It's the devil's substance. You do have a big a cardboard tray full of onion rings from Jack in the Box before you go on every morning. It's kind of a show tradition, right? And my my school lunch lady size uh, ranch dressing dispenser. I got the big <laughs> the big pump like like I'm a major league ballpark industrial size exactly. Yeah, the yeah. big plastic bottle with no label on it. So right, it could have come a, from anywhere. Just a big pump. <laughs> my, my my morning onion rings and ranch dressing. Well, I, well, as oh, I was, that makes me feel sick. <laughs> I was about to say, I have in my greasy mitts uh, three different accounts of the violence in Portland involving uh, the rioters and the Antifa and the, the federal cops and the local cops and the rest of it because I really had to go to the Wall Street Journal and the L.A. Times and what's the third one? I can't remember, USA Today, um, to really get a full picture of what's happening there, which is uh, it's a shame. And and it's not good. Heck no. I mean, it's like you know, it's funny. Here's a perfect metaphor. You, you know, when you're you're a, a parent, you come into the room. Your two kids are fighting. Oh, I had this just the other day. Okay, two, two completely different stories. Exactly. So you ask the one of them, "What happened?" Johnny hit me. Hey, Johnny hit me. And then you ask Johnny, and Johnny says, "Jimmy stole my toy and bashed me in the face with it." Right. And you say, you didn't tell me that. You just said he hit you. Well, it used to be the adult in the room was, for instance, the Washington Post. But now the, the, the Waffle you had, is fully on board with, Johnny hit me! You had Washington Post reporters in your house to help work out childhood It's, it's a metaphor. Oh, okay. Try that, would, that would be a good idea. If I could have a, a, a seasoned reporter follow my kids around. And tell me, you know, actually, Sam did take the toy first. Sam claimed without evidence that Henry <laughs> stole the toy. No, my point An is that... An unnamed the, insider says Henry <laughs> hit him in the face. The, our major media heroes have gone from the adult to the kid in this scenario. Sources just, close to Henry, say. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautiful. I assume speaking the, on the condition of anonymity. Right, Exactly. Speaking on the condition of anonymity to protect themselves. Single unnamed source. And then Sam says, that's not even true. That is not true. For a true, the source would come forward with their name. <laughs> oh, boy. Did you see, speaking of that sort Johnny of stuff. Johnny versus Jimmy rioting continued to tear apart major cities for the fifth night. This to it later but uh some of the another one of those uh, the, the document dumps on a friday about the russian investigation where peter strock was actually the fbi agent peter strock you know he is so in love with uh, lisa page oh i love you i love you i love you as trump says um uh he, he actually went through one of the new york times articles a front page article at the time and pointed out all the things were that were wrong with it in private notes and, and they were the fundamental facts of the article 
Oh, they, yeah. They yeah. were the reason the article existed. They were all fake. They were all false. Yeah, we'll bring that to you later to give you an idea of what we're talking about. A front page headline story that uh, all of cable news was going crazy about in the New York Times. Peter Strzok, the FBI guy involved in it, was taking notes himself saying that didn't happen, that didn't happen, that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. That's incredible. And Absolutely it, incredible. It's also a, a tad ironic that it's Strzok himself, who is a, a demon to the right, uh, who is, who's correcting the New York Times. Kind of ironic, but uh, what the heck? Well, he didn't do it out loud. No, he did not. He just let it hang out there and let the cable news channels uh, act. We'll get into that later. And scientists believe they have nailed Uh-oh. how many hot dogs a human being can eat, which the maximum number is. Oh. Long scientific paper written about this over the weekend. Joey Chestnut, the greatest eater in history, a frequent listener of the Armstrong and Getty Show in beautiful San Jose, California. Joey, will have that information for you coming up. He's nearing the max scientists think a human body can possibly do. So, wow. We'll get to that later. Wow. You don't want to see him exceed that max. (laughs) I I don't want to know. You like a scene out of Alien. Oh, geez. Hot dogs bursting out of him. Oh. Where he's more hot dog than man at that point. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. I did take a liking to uh, Costco's new ice cream treat. It, it's very, very good. And um, what a pity. I'm out of deodorants. I got to go to Costco today. So, you know, what's, how that'll go. So I remember we mentioned this. Are you excited on this? What's, uh, what's Costco's new ice cream treat? Uh, ice cream sundaes, you know, just you can either get strawberry or chocolate on top of vanilla ice cream. So there in the little area where it used to be, all, all your only choices were pizza, a hot dog, and a Coke, and you can now get ice cream. Right. Okay, well, that's so pretty. Exciting. Is this a Sunday bar in effect? Yeah, a little bit. Like, well, is there? I uh, mean, it's a small. It's pretty simple, but uh, yeah. But uh, during 49. the period of COVID, can you have open? Uh, yeah, this seems like a, and, not the time to be having shared uh, sprinkles. No, no, yeah, no. It's not like that. Okay. It's just simple vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup or strawberry syrup. Oh, you just yeah. ask for chocolate syrup, yeah. they hand it to you. Yeah. All right. Because America's it, not obese It's a child enough. in me, Joe. <laughs> Need to jump on that, then go over and get myself some comfortable Costco sweats after I've uh, had my Sunday. Sean, my, uh, my onion rings are getting a little cool. Can you microwave them for me? <laughs> You know, I just look at food and I gain weight. That's the problem. <laughs> There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? I'm doing very well. Joe touched on this briefly, but I uh, I have discovered a, a website that has, in real time, just archived the full Apollo 11 mission. And uh, we, we can uh, jump into that a little bit later, go full, uh, maybe, maybe play some of the deeper cuts, things on the B side. But but yeah, the uh, this day in history, it was the, the moon landing. Oh, no, one of the funnier clips I found, maybe we can found, find that, is uh, as the fellows were in their initial orbit of the moon. Uh, they were trying to decide what color it is. And there was a disagreement between tan or brown or gray. No, it's more tan. I think it's gray. Really? I've never heard that. Yes, it was, it was kind of funny. I mean, they were. it was a very human moment. And it's easy to forget that. Uh, you know, and and this is could be used to describe the entirety of the space program for many years. These were three fragile human beings who who strapped themselves into a tin can and put it on top of a bomb, and and went and saw the moon. It's just astounding. Well, were they there during a pink harvest wolf moon? Because then it's a different color. <laughs> that was back when there was just the moon. <laughs> 
Back but before millennials this. invented all these fake moons. <laughs> exactly. They ruined the moon. Millennials ruined the moon. Right. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, July 20th, the year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin officially now. According to FCC rules and regulations, the show begins for the week at Mark. Go to, go to the community. Say, how do you like the idea of renaming Fort Bragg? And then what are we going to name it? You're going to name it after the Reverend Al Sharpton? Oh, boy. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> what are you going to name it, Al Sharpton? Air Force Base? Is that what's next? Um, maybe after a great American general? <laughs> no. Instead, uh, no. The mob wants it to be named for after Al Sharpton. They do. Or worse. I didn't hear that. I, or worse. <laughs> oh, boy. That's one of the better choices. Oh, oh boy. Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's outstanding. Are you kidding me? Just the, just the kick in the pants we need. <laughs> We'll get to all the news of the weekend. You didn't have to follow it. We did. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So my son is officially not going back to school in any real sense. Here in a couple of weeks, because like I live so in so many kids. Because the governor of California decided to make a blanket statement about who gets to go back to school and who does not, and um, even though there are, with these, to my mind, overly restrictive standards for whether or not you can open your school, given the fact that all your pediatricians and doctors and people who study say kids got to be back in school, kids got to be, or with his expertise has decided no kids should not be back in school. Boy, the Wall Street Journal out today with an editorial piece laying it out that that the governor of California caved to the teachers' unions because they own him. Just plain spelled it out. We'll talk about that later. Yep, and we can go over a number of different states that have made decisions like that. It's just everybody's afraid of... Uh, the only thing you'll be called to account for is COVID infections and or deaths. Not... You know, a dozen other negative outcomes from the kids not being in school. People just uh, were so obsessed with the COVID. More on that to come. Mailbag right now. Let's see. What do we? I got a lot of great freedom-loving quotes of the day. Yeah, we could go with uh, Thomas Sowell once again, continuing our series. That great man, that great thinker. Racism is not dead. He writes. But it is on life support, kept alive mainly by the people who use it for an excuse or to keep minority communities fearful or resentful enough to turn out as a voting block on Election Day. It's as old as politics. We've got to get the Irish vote. Uh, One more freedom-loving quote of the day because I really like it. Henry David Thoreau said this, Every generation laughs at the old fashions, but follows religiously the new. That's that's pretty good. So true. That's pretty good. Look how stupid the clothes were back then. What we're wearing now is what smart people wear. Cool people. <laughs> that's pretty hilarious, especially if you're old enough to have been through a few cycles. Oh, Michael, I'm an idiot. Of course, you know, you knew that. Uh, get us a little Greta Thunberg uh, clip or two. Uh, I'd meant to alert you to this earlier, but Jeremy in Eagle, Idaho, shout out all of our uh, friends in Idaho. 
My six-year-old daughter and I were in the kitchen together baking. I think we uh, listened too much to you guys. She got flour on me, and I said, how dare you? She responded, how absolutely dare you? How dare you? I think she's been listening to the show too much. Uh, but that's uh, actually, that's Jeremy's kids who introduce final thoughts sometimes. So a uh, nice job, you youngsters. Stay in school, except there isn't any school. I they, should be back in school. Except, I know. Except a politician won't let you go to school. Doctors say you should go to school, but a politician says you shouldn't go to school. So stay home. Yeah, it's all about the teachers' unions. Uh, this is all wrong. I know it is. Who was that who said, how absolutely dare you? That was some other joker on cable news, right? That was funny. Uh, it doesn't matter. Moving along. Uh, hey, gents, I took this picture. Oh, that was, was in response to the want. Did you just want, want kids in cages? Wow. Yeah, it could be. I took the photo below as I was driving through Marin County on my way home. Blah, blah, blah. I've now officially seen more Kanye 2020 bumper stickers than Biden 2020 <laughs> bumper stickers. <laughs> That's and pretty funny. Sends along a, a Kanye. It appears to be on a Prius. Kanye sticker. Will a guy get elected president of the United States with five bumper stickers nationwide? <laughs> that might be the case. And then Not a joke. Garrick says, uh, you guys are probably asleep, but it's a little after midnight. I'm watching a live feed of Portland. If we don't get this thing squared away soon, these protest riots are going to spread to more uh, medium-sized cities. And then, goodbye, sweet America, goodbye. We'll be talking about that. Trust us. Well, the message is certainly being sent. That you can do this for, what now, seven weeks, every single night, riot, and get away with it? The situation in Portland, ugly, and much, much more. Oh, there has been what appears to be a COVID breakthrough. Coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, insert your governor in this sentence from the Wall Street Journal, but uh, in particular, they're talking about Gavin Newsom of California, biggest state in the land, biggest school districts in the land. Uh, But it's the same for uh, all states. California Governor Gavin Newsom on Friday forbids schools, public and private, for reopening until the state, i.e. the teachers union, declares it safe. So the teachers union decides when schools happen now, according to the Wall Street Journal, and I think they're right. The idea that the uh, politician told private schools, private religious schools in some cases, that they can't be open is just, uh, I can't believe it's even happening. Yeah, if you're a little confused on the math there, let me uh, just explain briefly that the teachers unions knew if the private schools were open and functioning perfectly well and the kids were learning and everybody was happy, uh, they would be exposed as primarily being about themselves and not about the kids. That's exactly what the editorial in the Wall Street Journal says. And it, 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 it's the, the, the editorial board says, we realize we're jumping to some conclusions here, but we le- believe this to be true. They're scared that private schools could pull it off because they probably could. And then how would they explain all the money that goes to public schools and they can't do- make it happen? Right. Yep. I think that's probably right. So this is potentially extremely good news. It's in the BBC. For some reason, I picture the BBC is somewhat more dignified and reliable as as the jackasses of the American media. It's the accent and fools you, right? Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. they sell me Jaguars and uh, and and whatever else, various uh, financial products. You got to get a Brit anyway. But according to the uh, BBC, the Beeb, 
Uh, preliminary results of a clinical trial suggest a new treatment for COVID-19 dramatically reduces the number of patients needing intensive care. Now, this is according to the U.K. company that developed it. But let me go on. The treatment from Synergen uses a protein called interferon beta, which the body produces when it gets a viral infection. Well, the protein, they have you inhale it directly into the lungs uh, if you if you got the vid using a nebulizer in the hopes that it will stimulate an immune response. The initial findings suggest the treatment cuts the odds of a COVID-19 patient in, ho- in the hospital developing severe di- disease by 79%. Cuts the chance of developing severe disease, like needing a ventilator or whatever, by almost 80%. Patients were two to three times more likely to recover to the point where everyday activities were not compromised by their illness. Synergir claims a double-blind trial involved 101 volunteers who had been admitted for COVID-19. Half the participants got the drug. The other half got a placebo, an inactive substance. (laughs) You've gotten a placebo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, Why are you? I'll fight you. <laughs> hey, boy. Uh, scientists in charge of the trial says if the results are confirmed in larger studies, the new treatment will be a game changer. I like a game changer. Yeah. So there, there are two things that uh, are very important for going forward in a in a post-COVID world, right? Either a vaccine or a treatment. They yes. both don't have to be true. The, the example that I saw was uh, for polio, it was imperative we found a vaccine. Because we couldn't figure out a treatment for it whatsoever. Mm, On the other end of the spectrum is HIV. We we don't have a cure. There's no vaccine for it. But we have developed a lot of treatments that make it very livable. And hey, so th- are, that's excellent point, Sean. So this is on the treatment end of the spectrum, but it is no less big deal than a vaccine. Both of these things are are very viable, quote unquote, in game solutions for right. for this. He, uh, an expert in emergency medicine said of the study, these results are not interpretable. We need the full details and perhaps more importantly, the trial protocol. Blah, blah, blah. He says it wasn't, uh, you, you got to be careful. Another medical expert, though, said the results seem very impressive. Though the trial was small, that reduction could be a game changer. Folks, let's all agree with each other, shall we? Let's get through the day today without using the term a game changer. <laughs> Go with major development or super important or the bomb. Anything but game changer. <laughs> the shizzle. <laughs> this development would be the shizzle. The real shizzle. Oh, speaking of shizzle, let's hit the fan at Trader Joe's as they've been uh, told to remove their racist packaging. We'll get to that stupid, stupid story eventually. Next segment, the violence in Portland, the insanity, the federal troops, the rest of it. Hang around for that if you can. I do not bring this up to make an argument. Oh, I thought you were telling us the segment was over. No. I got stuff. I saw I shut up. Okay, Okay. no, the segment is not over. The segment is far from over. It's not over (laughs) till we say it's over. That'd be a game changer. Oh, boy. (laughs) No, I was going to mention the... the, uh, While we're on the topic of COVID, South Korea gets a lot of credit for a lot of COVID stuff because they've got such a good tracking mechanism. First of all, they've had a lot of COVID, and they, they're they a society that allows, the, the the public just allows the government to track everything they do all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so just cool with it. Very different cultural norm. God, I'd say. But anyway, they've decided that uh, with their contact 
in kids under 10, this is on the Ken Kids Transmitted thing, which fits in with whether schools ought to be open or not, but kids under 10 seem to transmit the virus less effectively than adults, uh, but 10 to 19 seem to spread it pretty much the same as the rest of us past the age of 10, according to this study. Yeah. If that's the case, I, that's it. Uh, I I saw that story and I went to the actual study and it, it I have never read you know the executive summary where they if you don't want to dig mm-hmm. into the whole thing I've never read so many caveats in my life these people went on and on about although we had to make certain assumptions and this was a statistical model and we admit that blah 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 I just I came away from reading the actual executive summary thinking I'm not sure do I if I take this seriously at all okay. Yeah, so um, who who knows? Yet another unanswered question about the Chinese bat fever, the common bat fever. Among things we got to talk about today, next Friday, that sweet $600 a week you're getting, 25 million of you, that comes to an end next Friday, and how America's going to handle that is a big deal. Um, obviously, we have more stuff about schools and COVID and all that sort of stuff and China and everything else. But scientists did nail down how many hot dogs a human being can eat, what the maximum number is. We definitely need to get to that science. Right. You wouldn't want uh, one of our beloved listeners to eat one more than that, you know, between now and when we do that story. Uh, Portland and perhaps civilization melting down. The details next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, if you look at what's gone on in Portland, those are anarchists, and we've taken a very tough stand. If we didn't take a stand in Portland, you know, we've arrested many of these leaders. If we didn't take that stand, right now you would have a problem like, you know, you, they were going to lose Portland. There's a couple articles over the weekend, uh, looking at this one right now from the dispatch. Social bonds are fraying fast in America's cities, and some data that would suggest people are. Uh, thinking the the, the city it, anywhere is not the place to live, at least not downtown. Yeah, I'm tempted to go off on a screed about um, you know the thirty thousand foot view, which is instead of a lot of the opinion leaders in America pitching unity and coming together and making sure everybody has equal rights and the rest of it, uh, folks for their own profit or uh, advancement pitching disunity, division, dislike, hatred. It's ugly, but so Portlandia, if you're not familiar with it, is uh, the downtown area, especially uh, the youngsters, the activist types are left to the point of lunacy. I mean, it is so far left and so unmoored from realism and the rest of it, uh, like a handful of uh, beautiful West Coast cities. They've just lost their mind. And the uh, the activist types and the Antifa guys and the rest of it have been riot well, demonstrating uh, mostly peaceful demonstration. It was like the one uh, the Chicago cops were getting the hell beat out of them Friday in what was described by the media as a mostly peaceful demonstration. But anyway, after the sun goes down in Portland, it's the hardcore that takes over, and they smash and they shoot fireworks into buildings, which sets fires. They uh, you know paint graffiti on some of the federal facilities. And the uh, the local Portland uh, police were ordered not to engage, to stand down more or less, and not protect the, uh, I've got uh, Apollo 11 in my left ear. There we go. Um, they were ordered more or less to stand down. So the federal facilities are getting damaged and abused, and fireworks shot into them again. A fire started uh, the other night 
And so uh, the Trump administration, the Department of Homeland Security, have called out federal uh, cops to protect federal uh, property because the locals aren't doing it. And that has whipped up uh, hatred and resentment among the activist left in Portland. Now, this is the sort of analysis you generally don't get on talk radio, but uh, I'm going to lay it on you. There's plenty of fault to go around. You have to start with the insanely far-left mayor of Portland and the governor of uh, Oregon, Kate Brown, who just won't stand up and protect federal property. They will not do their jobs because they believe, like so many lefty politicians, they can passive their way out of this. Just let the angry kids vent, and then it'll be fine. But the feds are saying, well, you can't burn the federal courthouse down. So they've sent out federal troops to protect it. I think it was perfectly appropriate. And the fact that the federal troops are now having to push people back away from the building, yes, it's whipping up the communists and the lunatics of Portland. But what are you going to do about that? Having said that, the feds have been going around in not their official uniforms, just in simple uniforms that say police. And that's it, in unmarked vans and are yanking people into unmarked vans, questioning them, not really identifying themselves and turning the the people loose at times. And so and civil libertarians on, you know, of your more libertarian right and your lefty lunatics. But the federal government going around in unmarked vehicles, unmarked, you know, ununiformed people just snatching people off the street. That doesn't have a really good look to it. From the law enforcement side, what is the what in theory is is there an advantage to? I mean, if I get grabbed by a guy and all it says is police, it doesn't say you know you you used to some sort of uh, demarcation of you city county what what are you and right. then you throw me into a vehicle that's got no markings on it. I think I'm being abducted. Right. Yeah, exactly. Is there a reason they're doing that? Is there an advantage or something? Well, they they didn't have time to put uh, signs on their cars or what? The acting director of Homeland Security says, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, there's so much anger and hatred and violence that they're using unmarked vehicles so the federal cops aren't assaulted. So they can move people to a safe place to question them. But it's it's got a bit of a KGB-ish look to it. And, and we need to we need to figure out a better way to do that. But I don't see a solution given the players in in the game right now, because the the angry, violent activist left in Portlandia has been allowed to take over the streets, and well, they're we, emboldened now. What we got here it's the whole Overton window principle of uh, you know what is seen as acceptable got widened over the last several years with the homeless situation. And you know, things that weren't acceptable, acceptable at all 20 years ago are now commonplace, as I ran into that a lot uh, bumping around downtown San Diego over the weekend with my son, um, seeing so many homeless people. And I thought to myself, you know, I used to, I used to travel around cities all over the country when I was a younger man, out late, and I would never see anything like this. Never. If I went into sketchy neighborhoods, I might see a couple people, but in like the neighborhoods where the bars and stuff were, never. Now it's just commonplace to see a shirtless guy, 
thrown up on the sidewalk, which my son saw and then threw his milkshake in the trash because he said, I can't eat this now. But we we decided that's acceptable downtown. And so that shifted the Overton window enough that you can get to this lunacy and, 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 and you know, step by step. And it and it, it just continues night after night. Yep. Yep. And no wonder the polls are showing people are fleeing big city uh, urban centers. Well, and what's ironic is, uh, you know, people's rights, people of color, their rights have never been better protected. Unemployment has never been lower. There are so many measures that that we keep doing better and better as a country, imperfect, but better and better. And Portland, one of the whitest cities in America. I mean, just absolutely nothing but overeducated white soch majors trying to virtue signal in the streets. The fact that they would be so, uh, you know, they they say it's anti-racism. Why, what are you doing? Why are you shooting uh, explosives into the federal building? That's, uh, is it because Trump was elected, I guess? Because a psychopath in Minnesota knelt on George Floyd's neck? It just doesn't make any sense. It's just the angry left uh, virtue signaling in the streets, showing what great people they are, trying to out-militant each other. And Portland, you know, to get back to the Overton window, has allowed it to such an extent that now, if they were to step in and do what every city in America would do, which is say, all right, that's enough, we're clearing the streets, it would seem insane to the people in Portland. And so what's the federal government supposed to do? Probably not snatch people up in unmarked vans. But the federal government has to protect federal property. What's what's the alternative to that? And just the, the mayor, Ted Wheeler, is just a, he's just a weasel. And he's saying, eh, the, the federal police need to withdraw. We didn't invite them. That's the big cry in, in Portland and among, like, the lefty media. They're big on uh, this on NPR. That allegedly, you well, usually... The governor or the mayor asks for federal help. That's when the federal uh, troops come in, the federal police. But in this case, those two lefty politicians refuse to ask for help because they don't particularly care about protecting federal property. So what is the federal government supposed to do? I suppose you could just let them burn the federal facilities down and then what, withdraw federal money or what? My objection is that if you let them burn the courthouse down after things calm down and sanity's restored, we the people are going to be on the the hook for 15 20 30 million dollars to rebuild it. Well, why would it calm down if they're if they're able to burn the federal courthouse down, they'll just think, "Okay, we can do anything." Yeah. It's not going to stop there. You're right. You're right, which is why it is such a, a a doomed strategy to passive your way out of this stuff, especially in a city that's as far gone as Portland. I don't know. It's it's ugly. The fact that it's just just a bunch of it. This reminds me so much of the uh, the the black cop who we're playing the tape of uh, last week uh, in Portland, who was saying he has young white women screaming the worst things at him all day long in the name of anti-racism, and if he tries to engage with a black person or a person of color or whatever, an Asian person. To talk about the issues and the rest of it, inevitably, some white woman comes up and starts screaming, don't talk to him, he's a cop. It's insane. Um, oh, wh- the... wh- one more thought on this. Okay. Uh, it was a really good note from uh, from Josh. 
who's uh, currently reading On Killing. It's a book by Dave Grossman that I read that's absolutely terrific and really thought-provoking. But he's on the chapter about returning Vietnam soldiers and that how we as a country um, you know, called them murderers and baby killers. And in many cases, not all cases, but in a lot of cases, treated the returning soldiers like garbage instead of celebrating them and making it clear that we were proud of them and that they'd done their duty and the rest of it, and that that, is almost certainly the reason for so many uh, cases of PTSD and psychiatric problems and that sort of deal. We didn't embrace them back into the tribe. Um, and and he, he makes the comparison that the narrative that all cops are racist, you've seen it, ACB, all cops are bastards, um, and that they hunt people of color, which is you know being amplified in the media and Twitter and, and celebrities and the rest that's of it. That's what ACB is? I didn't know that's what that was. Yeah. I saw it a bunch of places over the weekend. Yeah. ACB, all cops are bastards. Yeah, and uh, and certainly all cops are racists, including the black ones, which is why the white social majors uh, get to scream at black cops about racism. But it's going to do the same thing to our, our police, that sort of maltreatment. And, and we will probably, in years to come, be ashamed of it as a society. That's what I predict anyway. So uh, we'll have more on that later. We're going to get into the whole teacher thing. As a lot of people in our listening audience found out their kids are not going back to school in the fall, and I know a whole bunch of people are very, very unhappy about that. The answer is 83 to the uh, question I've been bringing up throughout the show, and we'll get into details on that later. 83, doctors have nailed down what is the physical maximum number of hot dogs that a human being can eat. 83. And Joy Chestnut, I think, is at 75. Wow. Beyond that, you will rip open. Nobody wants to see that. No. <laughs> More on that and a whole bunch of other stuff on the way. I what, hope you can stay with it. Yeah, me. what kind of experiments did they do? Gruesome. Oh, wait, wait, wait till you hear. It's a game changer. Armstrong and Getty.